Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Monday and the sun has gone down, which means it's time to bark after dark. My man Jake Roos here with me tonight. What's going on, buddy? It sounds like the sun's about to set on you based on yes. everything we talked about pre-show. I got to tell I mean, I, we'll see if I live through today. I've got, I got a new hoodie and it was a little too tight around my neck, so I cut it. Um, Classic yeah. Jake Rowe move. Yeah, 100%, dude. Dude, my dad used to work with these two cats in construction, Donnie and Keith Guest. Donnie Guest, uh, rest in peace. He passed away several, several years ago with cancer. Uh, but these dudes used to do that with all of their T-shirts. They would just okay. cut them all the way down. Gold chain, uh, roughnecks, love them to death, though. Gold human beings. They had rat tails as well. Am, uh, um, let me let me ask you this. As somebody, we, I, I definitely want to get our guest on as soon as we can, but – you got a big ass head like I do. I know that. And uh, so as a result, is your neck too large for your body? I don't know. what. I mean, I don't know. There's so, like, have you ever bought a fitted shirt? I'm kind of kind of built. I'm kind of built like a like a medium sized refrigerator. I, I Like I bought a fitted <laughs> shirt one time and it was like it was like you have the neck of Takeo spikes, but the arms of like a, a child. Oh, so, yeah. One hundred percent. I got like a 21 inch <laughs> neck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've got like a 21 inch neck. I mean, I barely have one. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's barely, I mean, like, there was this you girl I saw. Yoga. You got that Chuma Doga neck. <laughs> yeah, I don't have short a neck as a Chuma Doga. We're going to talk to Charles Power about short necks and the and short neck offensive tackles here in just a little bit. But I used to have this girl, there was this girl that worked that when I went to Cedar Shoals, she, her name was Diamond Oliver. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to call her out and hopefully she's out there. But she used to, she would, she yelled at me down the hall one time because I was like, hey, get to class. And she yelled at me. She goes, hey, Coach Rowe, where your neck at? Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah, you were, you were, you were dead to rights when she did that, man. Yeah, <laughs> I just walked into class, just kind of. You just had to hang off. your head. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right, listen, before we bring Charles Power on, uh, on three, National Director of Recruiting, I'm uh, sorry, Scouting, um, uh, game time, gametime.co. These folks know what they're doing. I talked about them last night on uh, on uh, bar, uh, uh, what show did we do last night? I'm Friday. Georgia show. Georgia show. I talked about them last night on the Georgia show. They're awesome. Okay, these folks specialize in getting you tickets at the last minute, but they're also good at getting you tickets a month out. Like as you can see right there, they can get you if Palmer would slow down just a little bit. Uh, if they can, they can get you tickets to John Mayer, they can get you tickets to uh, Dua Lipa. Uh, Palmer's favorite. Palmer's a big Dua Lipa guy. Um, they can get you. They can get it to whatever you need, man. Taylor Swift when she goes back on tour. I don't know if you guys have heard of anything about her or her boyfriend lately. 
uh, lots of stuff going Who's on. She dating? Who's she dating? Um, I, one of the one of the one some dude with the I think Miko Hardman maybe was it a, Isaiah Pacheco? <laughs> maybe Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. No, it's uh, listen. This this app is amazing. It really is. It's very intuitive. It's a strong app. It is a good app. It's a kind app. You need this app in your life because it'll make your life better. Uh, promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S. Get your tickets to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party or to a Falcons game or to wherever you want to go and have a good time. Go check it out. Promo code D-A-W-G-S. Get $20 off. Terms apply to your first order when you download the app and use that promo code. All right, let's bring him on. The man, the dude that makes the calls for for on three uh, scouting and rankings and all that stuff, but he has some help too, and we're going to talk through the what whole of, process. One of the, most, one of the most loved men in the industry. One of There's the no most should be the most loved. No, <laughs> people don't load the Charles Power that I know. They haven't. Uh, folks don't understand how many how many times I've had too much to drink and talk football with Charles Power, and he'll be, I know he's just like, dude, shut up. Just, <laughs> just I've had a couple too many drinks, but uh, Charles, thanks for joining us, buddy. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. Good to be here. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's let's get all the uh, the boring stuff out of the way, which is uh, rankings and and all of that stuff. Why do you hate Georgia? <laughs> I, I have to say, I do not hate every team. I love every team. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, why, why do you do this job if you hate every team in the country? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, like sometimes you do like – feel like a like a little bit like a referee sometimes doing this like it's you know we're, we're like at, at the end of the day it's everybody's commits and our, our final rankings the major vast majority of prospects are signed so, so so that that is a dynamic that you have to um you know account for relative to like feedback we get and stuff like that. now where they're committed does not play a role in to where we rank these guys but um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it, it creates a lot of interest. And I think with, with our rankings, we have a lot of eyeballs on our rankings. Our social team does a great job of promoting our rankings. And, um, that brings a lot of attention. Uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes not, not always positive, but I think, I think the further we peel back the curtain into our process, I, I think it, it could potentially like allow for understanding of, of how we go about it. Um, and, and kind of see like that there certainly is like, a, a method we follow and it's like very meticulous uh you know and just kind of a, a year-long process really honestly for the recruiting cycle a three-year process um but there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it and i've been doing this for a little bit and i can like really like legitimately say this is like the most exhaustive rankings process that i've ever been involved with so there's a lot going on for sure uh, Charles, I'm just curious, man. Uh, can you tell the people a little bit about your background? Um, mm. Obviously, people want to know, you know, where where did Charles come from? What, what, where, why is he ranking the guys? Um, just give us give us kind of the behind the curtain look at, you know, yeah. where where it all started for you. Yeah, um, so I'm originally from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, you know, grew up grew up in South Carolina, and I think really kind of got interested in this stuff uh, in high school. I, I don't know like kind of what, what y'all's origin stories are, but like, I mean, I was, I was surfing rivals in, in high school back in the day. Um, you know, it's funny, like a lot of the sites I'm reading and people I work with, like now were, were sites I was reading then. Um, so uh, I, I guess I'm kind of of that, of that generation, like 
you know, mid two thousands kind of getting on getting really into it. And, uh, I think I came up in a great time, like just in that, in, like in being in the state of South Carolina, like I, I would go to a lot of high school football games. Like I remember going to watch AJ green play. Um, so I, I had exposure to a lot of great football players, um, prospects and just kind of got into it that way. Um, kind of backdoored into this. I'm not sure. I mean, I know like a lot of stories kind of in this industry are, are pretty similar. Um, truly got like, you know, and I think when I was in college, like thought about going to law school, but I was like, you know, I really, really like doing this. I want to see if I can do, get the football thing a chance. And, um, you know, got on with 24 seven sports, like out of college and worked there for several years, just kind of doing different stuff, working for the fan sites, um, then getting into, you know, national stuff with, with scouting, which has kind of always been my interest. Um, so I got to see, you know, how, how our business operates from different, different angles, different vantage points. And I think covering, covering recruiting was great because you kind of understand the national landscape. You, I got to go see like a lot of top prospects play in person. Um, you know, like I remember going to see like Derek Henry play on, on national TV and, um, and, and getting to see a lot of those guys up close. So you really get a good feel for like, what does a top prospect look like going to the Under Armour game, going to the army game, yeah. um, going to the opening the years they had that out, out in Portland, which I mean, that was, absolutely oh, incredible event like chad simmons and i always talk about like i don't know if we're ever going to have something like that again but that was absolutely unreal um at the time and so yeah so i think that kind of all helped that all kind of helped me um have, have a pretty good perspective on like what we should look for and then you know working at 24 7 sports with guys like barton simmons steve wiltfong um you know they were they were great and I, I feel like it was like that was a great like learning experience um for, for just kind of understanding how rankings work and just trying to make it better. And then um, did some, uh, you know, ran, ran a scouting service for five, six years. Um, and uh, I think that helped, you know, kind of add a, I guess a different, another, another perspective just with how college personnel departments work. Um, so I think we're coming into this at on three with, uh, you know, a, a good bit of, I guess like a variety of experience experiences. So I feel like I have a, a pretty good understanding of what we're going for, um, you know, in, in terms of just, you know, how our business works and, and evaluating players. I think that's the most important thing is just kind of growing as, as an evaluator and, and kind of the, the critical factors we look for, which really plays a big part in, in how we formulate our rankings. Uh, real quick, um, you know, you mentioned the scouting service thing, and I did want to ask you, you know, we had Matt Godwin. We've had Matt Godwin on the show a couple times, and Matt talks about, you know, he, he told us about Georgie. He's like, listen, you know, there's some, there's obviously some exceptions, but they're big on the traits, the, 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 the things you can't teach, the length, the speed, the, the, you know, the hand size, all of those things. How in your, in your, you know, uh, uh, in your scouting time, in your time running a scouting service, what was what was the kind of the the main theme throughout all of that in terms of like was it traits was it we're looking for good football players I know they're trying to find a good mix but what what seemed to carry the most weight So I think it does depend program to pro it goes program to program I think just in my time of doing this the you see traits matter more and more increasingly I think it's a little bit of an analytic thing. Um, there's, I think when you look at the NFL draft and like, like you mentioned, Georgia does a great job of this. Georgia brings in guys that are long, fast, physical, 
a lot of them are by the time they get there are, are already really big, especially like the offensive linemen. I think that's certainly a, a strategy that Georgia goes for with, with yeah. the bigger offensive linemen. You look at this current offensive line class and just the weights that these guys are bringing in. But um, I, I think that's that's certainly a major factor. I mean, I remember, you know, some of those Alabama teams in the which is when, when Kirby was an assistant in Alabama. You look at the secondaries they had, complete just straight track stars across the board, like like a Marlon Humphrey, Tony Brown. Anthony Averett, like it was elite athletes. So I think Georgia employs that um, philosophy. And, and I think the more, like, I, I think that's something you, you, you see increasingly I, I, relative to, you know, if you go back to 2015, I think there's a lot more traits based personnel departments and, and programs out there. Um, but it does, it does depend. It goes like, I, we see, like wide gaps in some teams that really value uh, film in-person camp performances. And some are high traits. Like we feel like we can develop you if you just get us the, get us the athletes. So um, ideally I think it should be a little bit of a mix. Like you should, yeah. it's, it's, I think you should try to balance the art and science. I mean um, you want great football players, but you want guys that have the uh, physical capacity to continue improving and, and really project at a high level if you're trying to if you're if you're really trying to, to compete at a high level which I, I guess a lot of these programs are and that's a battle I, I would imagine in every class like it's every class you're trying to marry those two things together perfectly and um, I think it's honestly I've always contended that it's why you see some classes that team may have three number one classes in the span of six years and one's clearly going to be better than the other and you're going to have a two that's better than a one and that's the way mm-hmm. it happens so yeah um, uh, now I'm curious. Uh, yeah, and you know we would have to ask you about this. Uh, Alan Coleman has chimed in already. He said, "Bump Riola back up to his rightful place." <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you knew this was all coming. Why so. do you think he's terrible, Charles? Why do you think he's terrible? <laughs> no, can you just speak a little bit on Dylan for us? Um, you know, people are curious about Dylan, and mm. you know, obviously a, a guy who for for cycles and cycles right for was was a number one guy and and is really i would guess in the last what like three cycles has really started to trend downward which is a relative term and that's what i try to remind mm-hmm. people of like when you're talking about a guy who is a top 40 prospect that's no slight right i mean that's it right it's maybe different than being the number one prospect in america because you're saying mm-hmm. hey we think this guy has number one nfl potential but being number 40 is this guy's not a bum. Oh yeah. Not, not at all. And, and I think I, yeah. So I was stressed as well. Like we were the first outlet to rank Dylan rail with number one overall. Now we put out our first, we put out our first ranking that first sophomore ranking um, one to 300 uh, is, I guess that's post sophomore. We, we do a watch list post freshman year. The one to 300 ranking is post sophomore year. So Rayola was, we were the first one to make him the number one prospect. And I think one thing that's really important to understand with, with these rankings is when we ranked Dylan Rayola number one, there are 10 times more prospects to, to rank now than there were then. It, like, so generally speaking, like those early rankings are extremely loose, fluid projections. A lot of times they've only played one varsity year of football. Like Dylan Rayola had only played one varsity year of football. Um, is, we still believe he's, he's really talented. I mean, I've seen him a ton. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so I think that's, that's important context to understand, like these early rankings are, are gonna shift and move around. Um, and, uh, and, and for us, the, 
the rankings window is really extended all the way, you know, to January of, of, of this coming year. So it is a, it is a multi-year process and one that we always like kind of go through to us, the, what happens later in the process is the, the most important. Um, so, you know, where a guy's ranked as a sophomore to us is like not nearly as important as how they play you know, as a junior, especially as a senior. Um, and then you have factor in the, the postseason all-star games as well and how they look at like in like the neutral setting. Um, and for quarterbacks too, I guess the neutral setting would be like the elite 11. Um, so, so that all, that all weighs in. Um, I, I think with Dylan Rayola, you know, I mean, I've watched, a, I watched a ton of Dylan Rayola. I think I watched, almost all the snaps last year. I've watched the vast majority of them this year. I haven't watched actually the last week. I'll, I'll watch that, um, you know, the next couple of days, but um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he's certainly a top arm talent. I think he has probably uh, the best deep ball in, in the, in the 2024 cycle guy can really push the ball downfield. Um, and I, I think he's shown the capacity to like really pick up these offense. And he's been to, he's bounced around to, he's been, I guess I, at what, like four high schools, but I, I think he's, shown the ability to acclimate himself quickly, which I think gives him a pretty high floor. Um, yeah, I think he would not have problems dealing with coaching turnover or an offense change in, in college, maybe relative to some others. Um, you know, I, I think that, I think the biggest thing with rail is just going to be, you know, just like the, like the functional ability, he moves fairly well, like in the pocket, but uh, I think when you're projecting quarterbacks long-term, like I think athleticism is, is really important. Um, so that's, that's something I would, I, would think like the the quarterbacks that are currently ahead of him have an edge on him in that regard. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to watching the rest of his season. I know they Buford's got, I'm sure they're going to make a deep playoff run. Um, you know, they might play Mill Creek again and they're going to have a lot of big matchups. So I think he has ample opportunity, um, you know, to, to, to show well, but uh, I mean, yeah. And, and our, our rankings, I guess we can get to it a little more, but our rankings are, are, projected off of the NFL draft. So we look at this from like a NFL traits perspective, how they project um, not only to college, but the NFL. And I think why, why we do that is uh, to us, the NFL draft is the best indicator for measuring how these guys play in college, right? It's the only other time in their careers that they're kind of sorted quantitatively. So we can actually, measure our accuracy and kind of provide like a benchmark for us to kind of judge our success on. Um, and that, you know, I mean, you think about Georgia, like, I mean, Georgia's best teams are the ones that have the guys that are drafted the highest, like that it, it, it dovetails pretty seamlessly or pretty as close as you can, I guess, get to on-field college success. And the vast, the vast majority of great college players are, are drafted pretty high. So um, that's kind of what we go on. And I think that that factors into his evaluation as well. But, um, you know, our rankings are, are not done. And, and to be honest, like really the next month or so of the season is going to is going to play a big, a big role um, kind of in how things how things shake out. And that's not just that's not just for him. That's for everybody. Uh, so there's a there, we had two more rankings updates um, in this cycle and it is uh, anything but complete. It's I, and, and this is a weird this is a weird hypothetical question, but. Do you think that it would have been to Raiola's benefit to stay in one system, one high school uh, over the course of time? Like, do you think that some of what's happened and changed for him has been about acclimating to a new system? Um, I mean, that's that's probably hard to say, but I, I will say you, you rarely see 
I can't recall uh, another quarterback prospect like that prospect that was a high draft pick that's transferred that often. So there's just not like a great precedent for that. Um, now I do think he's acclimated himself fairly well at Buford. Uh, last year at Chandler, it just was a little disjointed the whole time. Um, I, I like their offense just wasn't clicking like you would expect. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think the high school. The high school experience is really key for quarterbacks with building confidence. Like that's why I'm a proponent of quarterbacks like not reclassifying. I think we're going to look back, um, kind of once this past batch that's reclassified has gone through college and kind of say, I'm not sure that did any of those guys' favors developmentally. Um, I think you know quarterback is a performance craft, and I like the, the more and more you play, you get that live experience. You bank the live reps and build confidence. Uh, there's, there's just things you can see in live games that you can't see in, in a practice setting. Um, you know, even playing against scout team, like you're just not going to get the same experience kind of under pressure that you get in a live game. So I think those are really crucial. Uh, I do think there might be something being said for just playing in the same system and, and like gaining confidence, but uh, I'm not totally sure that's like a make or break thing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So uh, real quick, because um, I know you could probably go on and on and out about this, but the way I understand it, you guys do you guys center in on position rankings before you start to really do the macro level rankings, and, and why is that? Yeah, so yeah, we we rank position rankings first. So kind of like to take you into our process, uh, we put out rankings ten months a year. So that's uh, really the only the only months that we don't do rankings are June because there's such a heavy heavy official visit month. And that's also when there's a lot of events that we're going to like camps. Uh, you have like, your typically like your OT seven, the seven on seven camps. So prospects are kind of everywhere and, and we're on the road the most in, in, in June and in December. And we also don't do one in December cause that's signing period, early signing period. And we're kind of getting ready for the, those postseason all-star games. So, uh, so we do, we do rankings 10 months a year. Um, and, and so like a tip, like typical, like work week for us, uh, we're, we're just working on a rankings project and we, we start with positions. We go from the top all the way down. We're bubbling up guys that, uh, you know, we get through our network. Like, I, you know, it's very typical that like Rusty will text me, Hey, this is a guy you need to look, look at. We'll put him in, uh, kind of get like a, a queue set up and work through all those guys. I mean, by, by this time, in the cycle, like for 2024, it's several hundred guys per position, uh, work from top to bottom, uh, while we're putting that together, that's watching film, watching highlights, watching games, updating stats, date, any kind of data, like getting measurables from college sources or like third parties, um, that we can, that we can verify and, uh, going through and watching all those guys. And, and for us doing it by position, it's, it's kind of like the foundation building block for it. It's an apples to apples comparison. So yeah. it's, it's much easier. So like if, if, if your edge ranking isn't right, your top 300 isn't going to be right. 
So for us, we're really going through and watching all those guys and, and comparing them, you know, relative to the critical factors we look for in the position. Um, and uh, so, so that's kind of our process. And that makes putting together the big list a lot easier. And when we put the, the big list together, uh, the positional value fat matters in, factors in. And as we go further along, we, there, it, the process kind of hardens to where uh, like, like the, our rating system factors. And so we can watch and we say, okay, we'll give this guy a bump. He's going to, he might move up. He might jump three guys at his position. He might go from a 92 to a 93. And depending on where that rating range falls, that might be 30, 40 spots up or 50. It's kind of hard to say, but we, we kind of smooth that out as we, as we put the big list together. But to me, like it's really important to get the position list right. And I think if you're, if you're a fan and you kind of are wondering what we think about a prospect, the best indication of that honestly is seeing where they stack up in the position rankings. Um, so that, so that's a big, that's a big, uh, a big thing for us. So what Georgia commits stand out to you in, in this class, which ones are mm-hmm. kind of the, the guys, I mean, maybe they're ranked exactly where you want them ranked, or maybe they're guys that can move up. I, I mean, it doesn't matter, but you know, if you had to take three or four guys that just kind of jump off the page at you, who, who would those be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would, I would start with, with, with Ellis Robinson. Um, you know, I've seen him in person multiple times. He's a guy that we I've had a, like just a lot of exposure to, um, you know, saw him at the OT seven finals, uh, in June. He was phenomenal out there. And then I actually saw him, uh, at IMG's game at Lipscomb, at Lipscomb Academy, the, the season opener, and then just scouting him on film a ton. Um, I, I remember watching him before he moved to IMG when he was still in, in New York. So, uh, I think he has great ball skills, really good length, uh, very competitive. That's one thing I picked up on just seeing him in, in these neutral settings. Um, tough, competitive, kind of was a little banged up in the game. I saw him at, saw him in and uh, just fought through it. Uh, locked horns with Jeremiah with uh, Jeremiah Smith at, at OT seven. They went back and forth. Like that was a fantastic just matchup to watch. Um, so feel really good about Ellis Robinson. I think he's a guy who has the capacity to come in and play pretty early um, depending on the, the, the need and the situation at Georgia. But uh, there's a lot to like about him for sure. And I, I think right now uh, going into like the postseason all-star games, he's probably a cut above the, the, the next group at corner. Um, so, so he's, uh, he, he's, he's, he's very, very good. Um, and I guess, you know, top five prospect for, for on three. Uh, Justin Williams is one who, We've had him as the number one linebacker for a while. Um, you know, I think I think he had to start off with just like his play speed. I mean, this is a guy who ran like four 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 on the lasers, uh, and he's having a really strong senior year. I, I believe he had has had like three straight games with pick sixes, um, so he can play in space. I, I remember, I think when we first evaluated him, he was a safety, so he's kind of that like kind of, has really kind of built up his body. Uh, a guy who like you know, has that that DB athleticism, but has has continued to kind of fill out. That, like I think back of like a little different player and prospect, but like Roquan Smith was a guy who like played all over the field. I'm yeah. sure y'all, I mean y'all are super familiar there. And uh, Justin doesn't play offense because I think that that's a little you just see that that's a little less prevalent in, in Texas high school football. You don't see as many two way players, especially at the big school level. Um, but but really like him, uh, you know, teammate Joseph Jonah Johnye Jake. I know we talked about him before he committed to right. Georgia. Really like him a lot. He is. You talk about like 
prioritizing the traits. I mean, elite traits. Like I think he's got like 34 and a half inch arms new to football. He's young. I mean, he could be a 2025 prospect. He's a guy who is just like very like developmental. He's a great player right now, but he is literally scratching the surface of, of he's a month away from turning 17 years old right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that's one thing like we, like, like I, I look at that for every prospect we have, like I, it's, it's not, it's, it's a, a piece to the overall evaluation. Like most of our, like our evaluations are substance based. It's, you know, like we're, we're really, we really care about the player, the long-term upside, but that is something I like I've noticed doing this is, you do see a lot of later birthday um, younger prospects tend to kind of hit their, they hit their like peak a little later. Uh, So that's something we kind of keep tabs on. And I I think when you look at these early, early rankings, early offers, there's a lot of older for the class guys that can tend to plateau a little bit from a developmental perspective. So that's something I just try to keep tabs on. And it, it can be informative as to like, the rate at which these guys develop. So I think certainly a positive if, if you're younger for the class and a guy who's like new to football for him. So he's, I think he's a guy who's going to like get in Georgia's program and take off within a year or so. Um, and also I think he's a great scheme fit at Georgia as, as well. A guy who really can kind of play that, um, that end that Georgia likes. So um, let's see the rest of the class. We touched on Rayola. Um, you know, Chris Cole has the traits at Georgia, like Georgia, loves it backer. I think he's got a lot of developmental upside. Uh, Nate Frazier is a, an interesting evaluation. Um, we like, we're, we're higher on him than everybody else, but like he just is not the primary ball carry at modern at modern day. So it's, it's, it's very interesting just like that his workload is in just like production and just the exposure to him is a, a lot different than what you typically see from uh, a lot of blue chip running backs. I mean, I, I can't recall a top guy that has had as few carries. Um, so that's one we're going to have to kind of work through and kind of figure out like how much does that matter? Like typically at running back production really is like very uh, pr- predictive, but, but we are really high on his like physical ability. I, I mean, I like the, I like the, the skill set as well. He's got great contact balance, burst catches the ball. Well, really good size and speed combination. Um, so that's a, that, that's a very interesting evaluation and, and one that uh, is, is pretty unique, but we're still really high on him. Um, you know, I, I like DeMello Jones as well. I uh, saw him in person at, at OT7. Uh, I think he's just like a really good football player. A guy does everything um, on, on the high school level, plays offense, um, super productive, uh, has continued to get faster. Uh, I think he's athletic. He's, he's a guy who I think is, is pretty early um, on his developmental curve as well. So George's got yeah. a great class. I mean, and in the offensive lineman, I mean, all those guys are, are huge. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's right. I mean, like I came into this year saying, where is Georgia going to put the pieces together at offensive line? Because I just nationally, it wasn't a good class. I, and based on everything we could see, I feel like Georgia's kind of, I, you know, to, to steal a phrase made chicken salad where they, they, mm-hmm. they might not have uh, at, at one point either. Yeah. And I think Georgia's got a really interesting strategy with, with offensive line. I think when you look at um, in, in kind, of, kind of what Georgia likes to do at, at O-line, I'm not sure how much y'all have like talked about this, but uh, you know, they, they can, they run those guys a lot. And I, I think the, the way they look at it uh, is 
you know, we can get these guys in shape, but if they're, if they're operating with a, a baseline level of play strength, we can kind of, you know, work, work them into, you know, the, the stamina. Cause I think when you're looking at Georgia playing four quarters, how they grind on people, I think their ability to mash the ball in the, in the second half, third, fourth quarter is really kind of what, like how they kind of strangle a lot of these teams they play. Um, and I think that's like just a, a feel, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting philosophy um, to me when you're looking at offensive line and offensive line is probably the position I've studied the most just from an evaluation perspective. Um, you know, I, I, I'm really, I'm really eager to see how this group shakes out because some of the, I mean, these guys are absolutely massive and, and some of them have like huge frames like Nair Daniels, I think is the biggest offensive lineman in this class in terms of like the length, the hand size, his frame is huge. He's going to need some work uh, to get in shape, but uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how Georgia develops him in, in a couple of years. And, um, you know, I was, I was extremely high on Monroe Freeling last year. He was our number one offensive tackle. So I think bringing this group in, um, you know, behind the group the past couple of years, uh, yeah, I think that helps. And I think there's a lot of positional versatility with these guys. I think you have some that can play tackle, guard, um, but uh, I think they're going to certainly have the – um, the means to to lean on defensive lines with this group for sure. Yeah, you brought up the key right there, which was they brought in some kind of add weight guys last year. This year they're bringing in a bunch of lose weight guys, which is kind of more their wheelhouse. It, it 100% goes to what you say. They run them a ton, and they'd rather see you and know that you can be a 325 to 330-pound lineman and take it off of you to get there more often than not than they would to have to try and put it on. They, don't, they haven't had as much success – um, putting putting it on the guys, uh, Roos. I think you got one more question until we uh, until we kind of fire our yeah. last one, Charles. Yeah, you know, Charles. I just wanted to ask you, man. You know, I, I think a lot of people, and rightfully so. I mean, five stars are five stars for a reason. People get blinded by that ranking, and, and understandable. It's it's an elite thing, and it's a it's a different class, I guess, to some degree. But when we're talking about like guys who are, you know, impact makers from the the ranking perspective. You know, where do you kind of view that at? Is it is it top 100, top 50, you know, top 200 kids? I mean, how does that kind of stack up in your mind? People see five stars and they think those are the only difference makers. Mm -hmm. I, I think in the mind of a lot of people, though, you got to kind of reshape that notion because there's yeah. there, these these rankings are super deep. Yeah, they're 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 really deep, and there are guys every year like that. I I really love like as prospects and they're like, like high three stars, like 89s. And you're not in, you know, like there's, there's prospects, like there, there's like group of five prospects that I'm like kicking myself on. Like, why did I make him a, a four star uh, a couple weeks in their college career? And they were like 89. So um, yeah, it's, it's extremely deep. I, I think it's, I think it's really important to stress that we're ranking everybody in the country. So, um, you know, what you look at like the typical college board is a couple hundred players for us. It's like 3000. So um, it's players from all areas of the country. Like, I mean, there's, I think there's some, like there's like really a players in the Midwest that might not even be on a lot of these SEC boards. Now I think nowadays your top programs, like, you know, your, your Georgia's Alabama's Ohio States, like they're recruit, they're, they're recruiting nationally. They're like looking at like their breadth of players are looking at is um, probably a lot more than, than maybe we've seen in the past. But um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good players. I, I think, I think for me, the way I look at it is, you know, our five stars are the ones we feel best about being first round picks. Um, 
you know, top 100 guys, I think are, are, is kind of like your rounds one through three, but really, I mean, everybody that we rank as a four-star we see as like a draftable talent. And I think one way to look at it is if, if you're a fan of a team who's, if if you're a a fan who, who's following recruiting, uh, if you can get a team full of guys that are draft, like draft picks, you're going to beat almost everybody you play. Um, so I, I think that's one, that's one way to look at it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's there's a lot of really good players. That's one thing you kind of get through going this, like like going through this, like like we, if you go through every prospect like we do, there's a lot of really good players, and it it is uh, it's a fun but uh, pretty meticulous process in in sorting it out. And it's also one too, like I would stress this as well. You know, one thing with our one thing with rankings, and I know like volatility can kind of um, be something that kind of you know draws attention, like the bumps. Uh, going up, going down. I think it's really important to understand that this is a kind of a moving target. Like we're starting this process when they're sophomores, we're finishing it like a a couple days before a lot of these guys enroll mid year uh, after seeing these all-star games. And there is, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of adjusting to the sample as it's occurring. You think about the NFL draft, most of that's already done when they're kind of sorting the big boards and things of that nature like we're reacting to this in, in real time. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a service to the fans and kind of creates like a fluid picture. But if we're being honest about this, like there's going to be a lot that changes. You're dealing with, you know, 15 to 18 year olds. And there's a ton of development that goes on. A lot of guys that pop up, a lot of late bloomers who kind of are your high potential types. So there's a lot of factors we kind of have to, uh, you know, work on. And, and we're really like working to correct, uh, correct things like up until that final ranking. So it's, it's super fluid. And I think if you're doing this in the most honest way possible, like it, it's, it's gotta be fluid. Um, Cause there's just yeah. so many things that uh, like th- that occur and that we have to adjust and react to. Jake Rowe, a low, a low two-star prospect back in the day, but uh, never really hit the developmental, you know, after nah, uh, I was, was, I was and then and from to 18, it was just all there. Yeah, I was, I was a two-star at 16. I was a no-star at 18. <laughs> I'm a negative star now. Um, I, I peaked a long time ago. Yeah, you were um, you, you were five hearts though. The five star heart, bro. Five star heart, five star heart. Small hands, small. You know, all you know, just small hands, small everything. Uh, I mean, it's just just we we are what we are. Um, all right, Charles, we're gonna get you out of here with these questions real quick. Um, you're dead. You get to plan your own funeral. Who's sending you off, man? Who gets to speak or sing or rap or whatever? Who who is who is sending Charles Power um, into the great unknown? I mean, like, ideally, I would want someone who knows me. But if we're going for the cool factor, you get anybody you want. I think like a Morgan yeah, Freeman. dead or alive too. By the way, it doesn't yeah, okay, matter. Okay. You get anybody. Okay. I'm just thinking of like the who would you want to hear talk? I'm thinking like Morgan Freeman, James. Okay. We've had a, you know, the funny thing is we ask everybody this, everybody, but the kids, uh, cause Justin Williams came on here and Nate Frazier came on here and, um, uh, we try not to be morbid with the children. Yeah. We try not to be morbid with the, with the young dudes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm also worried that they won't quite understand where we're coming from <laughs> on all of that. You know, like, wait a minute, I'm dead. Are you, I mean, yeah. you know, you're that age. You, you don't get a, a crisis for yeah. 16 year old kids. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, we've had everything from like comedians uh, to, uh, you know, Brooks Austin even said uh, Jeff Centel. He wanted Jeff Centel to send him out because he knows it would be some sort of. John Rickles was a good one. Flowery, um, you know, mm-hmm. send off. So, uh, yeah, Brandon Adams said uh, Don Rickles. I can't even remember who I said. Um, we're going to have to go back and look at the show to find out who me. I said. It was, it was probably, probably a lie. <laughs> Palmer maybe was supposed to send you off. I don't want Palmer to send me shit. Um, <laughs> Palmer, I'm just messing. Palmer knows I love him, but I do love to trash talk that kid. He's so fun. All right, Rich, you go ahead, man. Uh, I, I can't wait to I can't wait to hear Charles answer this one because I know the guy that's been a reporter who has been in scouting and who has ran a scouting service. I know he's got a good answer for this one. Well, all right, all right. So, so we're gonna take my question first, then. Oh, I've already asked mine. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. What was the answer? I missed it. He said more. Uh, somebody like Morgan Freeman. Somebody Morgan with. Freeman. Uh, oh, with a, yeah. Sure. Oh, now that's a great answer. I, I like that. I do. I, I like that one as well. So, Charles, we 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 prepped you a little bit for that question coming into the show, but uh-huh. we don't ever prep anybody for this question because uh-huh. I think it's and and it's been proven time and time again. People know the answer to this question, which is, what is the worst hotel room Charles Power has ever stayed in? Worst hotel room. Okay. I think when I was a kid at one time, I think we one time we stayed in like a motel six or something like that, like on a vacation somewhere, something like that. I, it was, it was one where you left and you're like, I don't, I don't know if I want to experience that again. Like yeah. <laughs> it was one of those, it was one of the ones with the number at the end. I can't sure. remember motel six. Super eight, motel six Super one of eight. It was something like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where would, would this, where would this have been at? Do you remember? Maybe like somewhere in like North Carolina or Virginia. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. I, now I did like, I think I stayed at like as an adult. Yes. I think I've stayed at like not a great like La Quinta before a camp maybe. A lot of people South have Florida. stayed at not a great La Quinta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, listen, like, I've, had, uh, I've stayed at some really good La Quintas now. They, they, they're, they're, they try, they try some of them. <laughs> yeah. To me, the worst is like when you can't get the air down, you can't get the AC down. Yeah. Like if it's if it's like hot, I think this, this is in South Florida, it's like hot. There was like a some kind of like softball or baseball tournament. So everybody like the, the lobby was like teeming with a bunch of little kids. I was like trying to print off the roster before the camp the next day. And you know, yeah, tough, tough, that. tough start, tough start to a to what was a long day. So you say you say the worst part is getting the air turned down. Some people might say the worst part is having piss in the bed. You know, I mean, there's, there's you, never, you know, I'm just gonna not like it's one of those deals where I wouldn't want to imagine. I, I saw I actually saw Kirk Herbstreit say first thing he does when he gets in a hotel room is he rips the the cover like the comforter off the bed because they don't clean those apparently. My so. wife says the same thing. It drives me it drives me insane. I threw up all over La Quinta one. I was a kid. I was a kid. We, my dad and I went to Fright Fest at Six Flags. We ate a oh. bunch of pizza. We uh, watched the World Series. I went to bed and I threw up in my sleep all over the wall. We woke up. There's puke everywhere. My dad was like, we need to get out of here right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my looking. And let's leave the fuzzy blanket behind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Charles. Thanks for coming on, buddy. We appreciate it. <laughs> guys. Appreciate it. Catch you later. Charles Power made a quick cameo. She didn't jump back (laughs) in.
All right, Roos. Um, listen, man, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you right now. Here, here was here was my here. So I used the bye weekend to go to Sheila Fest over in Jefferson. Had a few drinks, had a good time. Stopped drinking about four or five o'clock. A shout out to Bob's Dogs, by the way, over at our, our message board. He got me passes to get in. This Hold thing on, was awesome. Before you tell this story, I just want to interrupt you and tell you about the great people over at Bird Dogs. Oh, okay. A fantastic product they put out uh, because it is a short unlike any other. They got pants. They got polos. They got a little bit of everything over at Bird Dogs. Get over to Bird Dogs. Check them out. You know I love them if you tune into this show. Um, I'm wearing some right now, and they're fantastic. Um He's wearing the camos for the second day in a row. That is absolutely correct, in fact. <laughs> I will not deny what you are saying. You can do that uh, in bird dogs. They're very comfortable. Uh, the Wyatt Slurp is what I'm in the, uh, these days right now. Um, I, I don't probably look as spelt as that guy. Uh, my thighs are not that toned. But uh, bird dogs uh, will make you look a little bit more spelt than you are because they got the, uh, the liner on the inside. Super comfortable. Um, if they want to reach out to me and send me some more shorts, I would absolutely accept them at any time um, because I love the product and uh, I would talk about them even if they didn't sponsor us. So uh, birddogs.com slash D-A-W-G-S uh, or promo code dogs when you check out. Um, you can get the Hydro Flask style uh, water bottle when you check out right now. And um, it's a great deal all around, man. Great pants, great shorts, uh, and a great gift to go along with it. So, bird dogs, check them out. Okay, uh, Sheila Fest. Go to Sheila yeah. Fest, have a few drinks, get a little buzz on, watch Alabama, Tennessee. Um, all that's going great. Then I'm like, all right, listen, I've got to drive in a few hours. So, stop drinking, eat some dinner, chill out, start drinking water. Good to go. Walk back to the car, going to get it ready to pull around and load everything up and uh, – there's a there's a tree with a bunch of gumballs and uh you know the the spiky gumballs that fall off the trees and acorns and uh dude I just flat out roll my ankle bro I'm talking about like just here just folded under traditional ankle sprain not not uh you know I went to uh tried to get the same doctor that uh Brock Bowers did for some tightrope surgery he said no um you, we're not tightroping you at all your bones will probably fall apart um you're a brittle man you're a brittle man jake Rowe. well no no listen most I, I keep getting put back together okay i'm humpty fucking dumpty all right like that's just how it works um i'm shaped like him i look like him i am him and for like four surgeries and and i've sprained this left ankle of mine like 18 times in my life uh but uh on top of that uh, i took my kids to the listen this is one thing i hope parents can identify with this so sometimes things just get past you. And uh, I took my kids to the dentist this morning. And I had them there at 7.57. God bless you. Yeah, right? The, their dentist appointment said 8. It's at 8 a.m. on October the 30th. Oh! Was, today was not October the 30th. Yeah. So did that, took them to school, went, did media day, had to deal oh, with Palmer. got a good breakfast. No, didn't do that. Oh, you should have um, treated yourself, man. When when you do something bad like that, you just got to <laughs> offset it with a good thing, you know. Like you just I, did, like, uh, I, my, am, I am a moron, and also I deserve kind things. Also, well, I want. I, I did think about driving out to Striplands and getting a ham, egg, and cheese biscuit, but I did there not do that. Um, I had to deal with Palmer's bullshit today at media day. We all know how Palmer can be. 
How'd the, um, leg, how'd the knee brace work for you, by, or the ankle brace work? I, I decided not to get one. Oh, okay. I scrambled the Jets. I scrambled the Jets whenever I was on the way to do that, whenever we found out that we may be losing access to our <laughs> – <laughs> yeah i get it so uh yeah so i just turned around and and, and, and trying came. times yeah trying times <laughs> so uh so also happening today i go pick my kids up from school because my wife's at a conference I drive out to uh she teaches in Statham, brand new school austin road elementary school out there uh so after taking my kids to school i had to go pick them up today which is something i don't normally do they usually ride to and from with their mom we get most of the way home, and my wife is like, "Hey, uh, Lanier has a makeup gymnastics day today. Do you know where know where when gymnastics is? Right beside the school. So, uh, yeah, thirty minutes away. Take them all home. Take them all back. Wham, bam. Two hours on the road. It's been a day, man. I'm fried. I will say, by the way, though, I saw the pictures the other day. You, you, your kids look cool in the uh, the fifties. Get up, man! Uh, yeah, I, I thought, yeah, I thought your man Henry was especially was rocking the the look at Fonzarelli, dude. Look Fonzarelli. Hey, 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 yo, look Fonzarelli. What you got for me tonight, though? I need to answer a question, and I need to ask you when to get the hell out of here. All right, we're gonna jake off a little. Jake off. All right, I'm already raw. Um, so <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, uh, I, I was thinking about, I was thinking about what I was gonna ask you going into this one, and I, I there was a couple different things that came to my mind, but I really am curious because I don't know that you've ever told me this before, I don't know that you've ever given me the answer <laughs> to this, and uh, you've told me uh, a few things over time. You're much more of a cinephile than I am, you you're yeah. watch a lot more movies for sure. What is like, what is the one movie you can watch? and never get sick of man like oh, what is your what is your what is your what is your 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 goat man oh man there's a lot that fall the fall into that specific category like okay. there's a lot um there's well, not me, to give me, me some titles give me some titles then i'll take it there is not a more rewatchable movie than than wolf of wall street to me it's great. not my favorite movie of all time great film so it's on i'm pot committed i'm a big scorsese guy so i will yeah. watch most of scorsese stuff yeah, I, I so that that's a very good like um, that's definitely a rewatchable. You know, I, I would say probably Heat. I would probably say Heat is my it, favorite. Uh, it, movie. This is gonna shock you. I've never seen Heat. Oh man, it's it is so incredible. It was so good. Somewhere weeping now because I've said that. <laughs> a little De Niro, a little Pacino, Val Kilmer in his prime. He's um, running around with the AK for He's just running down the street with the gun. <laughs> yeah, sure. The, the greatest gun scene ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and Tombstone as well. I think you know those two. You know, are are definitely iconic movies for me. I mean, there's some other ones too. It's really tough to say because there are some like there's some movies with heart, you know, with more heart in them that I like. Like, um, I, it's you know, to me that you you what the three you've named so far have been kind of like high drama, like uh, you know, to some degree. Uh, what about uh, some comedy in there? Uh, I mean, super bad. Super bad is oh. pretty special. Um. <laughs> These eyes. Oh. <laughs> oh, it gets you every time. It does, dude. It does. He can sing like a bird. Oh. <laughs> dude, that's such, such a, a great, great scene, dude. That is such a great scene. Um, but yeah, that uh, you know, I mean, you know, that the first hangover movie is unreal. 
Yeah. Um, so good. Um, you know, honestly, the, the more I get, the longer it goes, though, the harder that is, the, the less rewatchable that is as compared to like 40 year old virgin or, um, or super bad, which I can just watch over and over and over again. Another one I can watch you watch over and over and over again is I love you, man. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I, I find that incredibly hilarious. Uh, there, there are a lot of good ones though. Uh, this is the end is also just incredible. Like the, the whole, um, uh, I'm not a big dumb and dumber guy, Brent. Uh, see the comment there. Not a huge dumb and dumber guy. Yeah, I am. I, there's some, yeah. so many classic lines. It's good. There. Don't get me wrong. It's good, but it's, it's just big old, huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 60 like miles a gallon on this hog. <laughs> yeah. There's some classic lines from it for sure. Um, all right. Uh, my question for you, where are you in, uh, in Not this whole, uh, you're, you're trying to watch justified. Have you, have you progressed? I have not. And I, and I, I'm, I'm ashamed and I, I knew you were going to ask me about this soon. Um, but, uh, I was real into the first episode. Um, now I will admit that I probably had a few pops the first night that I had watched it. And, um, so, uh, but I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Justified. Um, I'm going to have to like dive back in. I've got like the Hulu package that allows me to watch like old stuff. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I can't watch live TV, but um, I do, you have to, do you have to watch it with commercials? Uh, or do you, have a, do you get Justified commercial free? I, I, like, is it like, I, I, I don't, I feel like I'm like screwing people over if I say like I got the ad blocker, <laughs> you know, like I like the, the ad blocker doesn't play the, doesn't play the ads. So I don't, I don't, I don't see the, the commercials. Okay. Um, that's awesome. Uh, because yeah. the last time I watched it, I did it. I, yeah. I watched the Justified finale, the, the series finale, probably like once every couple months and just cry. Yeah. Just for a good cry. Not even um, because it's it's not even sad. I just do it for a good cry. Yeah, no, I get it. I get yeah. it. I do a lot of things for a good cry. Mostly just get in the shower every day yeah. um, for a good cry. But um, I look in the mirror. <laughs> um, no, I haven't made it. I, I like I said, I, I have not made it off episode one. You've reminded me to do that. That's what I'll do tonight after we wrap the show up. So yeah, you've I mean, got to get you've got to get to season two. Season two of Justified when when they get into Bennett's holler is i mean i act like there's some sort of advancement here like there's a world this is a world war ii movie and they're on a campaign <laughs> uh, but when they dig in when they when they delve into bennett's holler um i'm telling you man it's 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 really good honestly too when they get into nobles and they they introduce limehouse as a character michael t williams um there's just some good stuff, man. And the funny thing is, um, uh, you know, it, it was probably the second or third time I watched Justified that you realize that there's an, one episode, secondary, you know, tertiary storyline, the late Chadwick Boseman is just oh, in wow. there. It's wow. just in there as, okay. as kind of a, you know, I think maybe he's got like four scenes, maybe two scenes and like seven lines. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of it that appeals to me, though, right? I mean, yeah. because for a number of reasons, uh, you know, where I grew up, copper mining town. Yeah. So it's like you know we got that whole thing going on, and it's like you know I lived in Athens for 15 years, and now I'm back in town, and like maybe I'm the guy, maybe I'm the main character. Maybe you're Raylan Givens. Yeah, maybe I am Raylan Givens. You know, and, and maybe no, maybe no is Walton Goggins' character. I don't know. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I'm an outlaw. <laughs> so uh but 
no, I, I'm excited to jump a little bit deeper into it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you've got, I mean, and you're going to get, I mean, you've got counterculture, you've got the occult, you've got all of those things that are going to be at play at some point in this. All thing. of things, all of those things which exist where I currently live, so. all right guys we have no plan for next monday who knows what's gonna happen we will be back we never do we never do (laughs) Uh, we throw it together at the last minute we put no planning into it um and i'm sure it shows uh we are um we are back with you on wednesday night with uh with our flagship show the georgia show and uh we will uh see you then um obviously the week world's largest outdoor cocktail party um, take your milk thistle ahead of time. Get that liver functioning good before you go down to it Jacksonville. Helps. It's real. It's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Milk thistle is great. Take your I milk thistle. We will do. Uh, we'll do ad reads on it. Milk thistle making companies. Um, if <laughs> you want done, to do sponsor it. me. That's right. Take care, y'all. We'll see you later on. This has been Bark After Dark. Roof, roof. Hoop. <laughs>